ever feel pulled in multiple directions at once, never quite having the energy to achieve all that you want? This podcast is all about helping leaders be human, not superhuman, mastering energy, not just managing time. I'm Ian Brown, and I help leaders improve their personal energy, be more creative, and become the catalyst to spark more energy in those they lead being more productive without working harder or longer so you get to spend more time with the things and people you love. From days that drift to days with design and purpose, welcome to the Energy Leader Podcast. Welcome back to the Energy Leader Podcast. Now, if you've been following this podcast for a while, you'll know in the energy leader model, we talk about four elements. There's personal energy, that which we bring ourselves to the party, creative energy to see solutions through problems, connective energy, which is our power to forge connections with others and collaborate, and catalytic energy, which is our power as leaders to inspire and invoke energy in others. In the last few articles in this series on personal energy, I'm going to explore the three main issues that block our own personal energy and some simple strategies for tackling them. Some you may have heard of, but they're nonetheless surprisingly common. So let's get them out there and get them out of the way so that you can benefit from an instant energy boost. Now, back in the 1950s, it was a fairly accepted notion that the physiology of the human body, the biomechanics and the capacity of our lungs and heart created a fixed limit as to how far someone could run. And then came along Roger Bannister, who completed the mile in Oxford in three minutes and 59.4 seconds. And all of a sudden, the calamities that doctors had assured us would happen didn't. It was for Roger an immense achievement, something no one else had done. He had defied the notion of physiology that had stood for decades, and I'd add relative today with extremely dodgy footwear and equipment. And yet it was short-lived, for whilst the previous record for speedrunning had stood for a very long time, within a matter of months, Bannister's record was overtaken. And history is littered with these examples, circumnavigating the globe, flying to the moon, things that are seemingly impossible until they're no longer impossible. In all these examples, how was it that records stood for such a long time? Well, no one had ever done this before, and then all of a sudden, people are smashing records everywhere. Incremental scientific advances have a part to play, but a big role is belief. The belief that something is impossible until someone makes it possible. Even back in the 1980s, medical students were being taught the human brain reached its point of growth maturity at around the age of 23. Then, with the advent of MRI scanners, it's now accepted wisdom that the human brain never stops growing neural pathways. Yet centuries of medical practice became built on a single belief, and not just that, centuries of business practice became wedded to the same concept. The concept that only young people entering a workforce can learn and grow, and if they didn't show signs of being a genius in their early 20s, then they'd never be destined for greatness. This point, of course, never lost on women, who've tended to find a good part of their 20s raising children for male leaders, then coming back into the workplace only to be told somehow that they're a little bit too old to learn. Recognising that beliefs are just what it says on the tin, 
creations, sometimes rational, but often irrational of our minds, means that beliefs can also change. What often holds us back when we're facing energy battles such as stress, overwork, anxiety and exhaustion are beliefs that constrain us from thinking of other options and making the situation better. Once you overcome a limiting belief, it can no longer stop you or constrain you. Its power over you is gone in an instant. Spencer Silver of 3M was famously bad at creating glue. His formulations and creations didn't seem to have sticking power, literally. Glue that doesn't stick isn't useful, or so esteemed wisdom at 3M thought, until his supervisor was one day sitting in church with notes in his Bible and noticing how hard it was to keep all the bookmarks in place. He didn't want to glue the bookmarks in for the day's service without then damaging the precious Bible by taking them back out. Glue is only useful when it holds things in place permanently. Ah, it turns out not so. How do you spot your personal limiting beliefs? Well, here are a few ways that you can analyse the voice in your head, because we tend to phrase limiting beliefs in a certain telltale way. I am not dot 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 enough. This is the most common. I am not clever enough. I am not good looking enough. I am not ambitious enough. I am not deserving enough. And this is the reason why good things don't happen. Often these beliefs are sown in our early years, through teachers, parents, early instances in our careers, and through feedback that might well have been intentioned honourably, but poorly delivered and almost certainly subjective. But also back to the old notion that our brains are fixed, and therefore judgement pronounced on us when we're young, is who we're going to be forever. We can also conjure limiting beliefs in relation to others as well. This comes from a more complex blend of our own personal experience and the world around us. When we do this as leaders, we also start labelling others with our own limiting beliefs. Turn this into feedback and you very quickly find yourself indoctrinating someone else with the unhelpful scripts in your life. People are not trustworthy. Asking for help is a sign of weakness. My team cannot cope without me. The speed of my response is a sign of my professionalism. At this point, it's tempting to just dismiss these as all words. And yet everything we know about limiting beliefs is that the cognitive miser tendency in our brain will turn limiting beliefs into unconscious action. In other words, when faced with a crossroads between an opportunity and repeating what you'd normally do, your unconscious brain will choose to repeat your normal choice and not even flag to you that there was ever an alternative route. This is called the cognitive miser effect. Your brain does this for you because, hey, your day is filled with thousands of choices, and if it didn't, you'd likely not get out of the house in the morning. But this tendency of your brain is only helpful if the choices it's making for you are helpful ones. If you find yourself repeatedly being pulled into poor choices, then you'll have to retrain your brain to make the better choice. And here are some tips on how to do it. Try the exercise of identifying your own limiting beliefs. The I am not whatever enough phrasing is a helpful start. And then challenge yourself with these questions. I'll take these slowly. What evidence is there 
that this is always true. When has this not been true? What has been the impact for me of this belief? How does this belief help me? How does this belief hold me back? What opportunities might be possible if I chose not to believe this? Self-doubt destroys our energy. Self-doubt creates a script that is designed to trick your brain into finding the evidence to prove the limiting belief. Take some of the common ones in business leadership that I often work with with my clients. I am not good at presenting. This is likely to have been formed through a discomfort with a new experience and possibly negative feedback in a past experience. What tends to happen with a limiting belief is our brains then seek out selective evidence to validate the belief. We go into a presentation, we go in nervous, the audience see our nerves, our nerves allow us to fluff a few lines, we come out, we believe we're not good at presenting. We focus and selectively remember the things we're less happy about and none of the good bits. I am not creative. I am not good at challenging conversations. I am not clever enough for this role. I don't deserve this role. People will find that I'm not good enough for this role, which is the common imposter syndrome. Now, a cautionary word to those of you who are leaders. I'm sure you and your organisations have opportunities for training and development. I'm sure you've got great structures for appraisal and development plans, and yet you will have people in your team who just seem to be stuck with something that they need to develop. Now, no matter what the training, it doesn't seem to be working. So in your one-to-ones, instead of just prescribing training like some kind of development doctor, explore your team members' limiting beliefs. It's not going to be easy because we tend not to love disclosing these, even if we are aware of them. But here's the thing. You can throw whatever training you like at someone holding a strong limiting belief and likely is they will never be able to absorb what is on offer because their mindset is fixed in this mode of working. It is unshakable and a set part of them. Often I will hear leaders bemoan the fact that they'd like members of their team to exhibit a growth mindset. Well, the thing is, cultivating a growth mindset in a team comes from you, the leader. You need to show vulnerability yourself and help others uncover and reword unhelpful scripts from their past. Just announcing we need a growth mindset has no impact. Delve deeper and you will tap into a rich vein of energy in your teams that you'll greatly appreciate. And that's how you develop energy leadership. As a leader, you'll have a to-do list as long as your arm and then some. There will never be enough hours in the day, and great teams aren't formed by exhausted leaders. Great ideas forge themselves around people with the energy to harness creativity, collaborate, and be the catalyst for unleashing the talents all around them. If you'd like to learn more or join my Energy Leader program, pop over to www.theenergyleader.com, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Energy Leader Podcast. Why not subscribe so that new episodes are streamed straight to your device? And I'd love it if you'd be kind enough to leave me a review and tell others what you've been up to and what you're learning. To get more help with your time management, productivity, and energy, why not check out the website at www.theenergyleader.com, where you'll find more resources to help you be an energetic leader and still have time to spend on the things and the people that you love. Stay strong and make it happen. And I'll see you next time on the Energy Leader Podcast.